Welcome into the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. Hit that intro. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. We're at the end of the fantasy football season. That doesn't mean the goodness stops here. Make sure you guys go to fantasypoints.com and use code TRIPLEPLAY22 to get 10% off all the tools over at fantasypoints.com. You're playing DFS. That's your, that's all season, baby, going into the playoffs. So you can use these tools to help when you make your lineups. If you're in the fantasy championships, of course, this can also help you. They have many great statistics that you can't find anywhere else. They have rankings. They have everything you need all in one place. So check out fantasypoints.com. D. Mendy with you guys tonight, joined by the Doc. I think this might be the first show. It's just me and you, Doc, tonight. But I got to ask you to lead things off here. At all your fantasy leagues, are you alive in any of them? Uh, so I'm in the finals of one league and then the guillotine league that you and I did. I'm in the finals as well. And for those that aren't familiar with the guillotine league, I highly recommend you check it out. Um, basically, the teams are stacked at the end. So it's a really, really fun and uh, definitely strategic approach that you have to have. It's funny you say you say tr- tr- strategic because it's teams can approach it very differently. So I was the final. I was in the final four, and my team got lost uh, as fourth place. Got my money back, but I used pretty much almost all my fab on Devonte Adams once he got out there because I thought he could change my team, and I was pretty much almost every single week one of the lowest two or three scores. So I said, I need that game changer right now to keep me alive. And that's what he did. He he pretty much, there were some weeks he single-handedly kept me out from losing. And But the thing that's the downside of it is people like you and then our friend Urgent, who's in the Triple Play Discord, you guys didn't spend your fab because you guys were consistently towards, I'd say, the middle to upper tier. So you could kind of wait it out a little bit. And that ended up working well for you guys in the end because when people like myself, Brett, and and many others that were still there, we couldn't spend. So you guys got to pick up the top free agents every single time. And eventually that cost me and Brett a spot in the finals. So it's, I think very well, Justin different. Herbert cost him a spot. Justin I mean, Herbert. I had Justin Herbert last week too. Yeah. Just, Justin Herbert is a fantasy fraud. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I was twice um, the second to last score. And the concept of the guillotine is the lowest score gets removed. The players become free agents and then you bid on them for fab. Um, but just kind of being meticulous with it. But yeah, the teams are stacked in the finals. Um, there's a lot of great players in free agency. It's weird, you know, seeing like Leonard Fournette's a free agent. He's not even getting thought of, you know, Justin Fields is a free agent and nobody's scooping him up because there's only just one quarterback needed. You're playing Patrick Mahomes this week. So I think you had field hurts, hurts him. Right? Yeah. Of course I'm playing Mahomes. Yeah. So I mean, that's the one thing with the guillotine is like, if you're consistently 
one of the lower scores every single week and you know your team isn't as good, you probably have to spend a lot of fab earlier on. If you have a, a stack team to where you are you can sit pretty for a while, you can just hold your fab until the end. That's kind of what Doc did. Uh, I drafted a lot of rookies like Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson and Drake London and Jamal Williams ended up being like my only consistent running back because I lost Rashad Penny in that league. So like I was stacked at receiver and I needed running backs and my quarterback was inconsistent. So it's just one of those things, again, like it depends on how you draft, how you can spend your fab, but it's definitely but highly recommend. So you're in two. Do you feel good about both of them in terms of you winning? No, I feel like I'm going to lose in both of them. Actually, <laughs> it's it's people that I and I'm playing my roommate in one league. And um, so, yeah, the winner, the loser is not going to be able to look the winner in the eye for the rest of our our run. That's true. Yeah. What about uh, you? In the, you in the finals of any? I'm out of all of them. Uh, I lost in the there was three leagues I was still in, and I lost all three. Ooh. To be honest with you, I had probably one of the best fantasy football regular seasons I've had across all my leagues in terms of where I finished. And then just in the playoffs, my team periodically just pooped the bed. In the first round, a lot of my teams did really well. Just a few of them dudded out. And then in the semifinals, all of my semifinal teams threw up duds. It was ridiculous how bad my teams were. And it just stinks. I, I tweeted it out earlier. One of those leagues, I was the number one seed, the, my home league that we were in, obviously, Doc. And um, my team, literally the week before, was the highest scoring team and I had a bye. And then... You're talking, you're you're yeah. speaking to Amir. David and I are brothers. We're the one and two seed. We're the top two scorers, top two when we have our bye. And then our teams just poop the bed the next week. It was just, it sucks. It really sucks. And, you know, obviously it's like in the moment you're annoyed and I tweeted out this morning and I said, it's just like the, the pain when you're the number one seed and you don't even make it to the finals where you just have to win one game. It's just like you put in three months of work during the season to get there. And then just as of one bad week, your team is gone. I've kind of, that's what's kind of sour with me with fantasy. And that's why I've been a little bit more leaning towards sports betting is I've just, I'm like, at the end of the day, you spend so much time just to be have heartbreak like that. I really like how Scott fish does his playoffs where, I mean, you basically, once the playoffs start, you take your season average and then they just drop off with your fantasy playoff performances. And that really does reward the best team. I think at the end of the day, and you could take, you could do the head to head matchups during the regular season. And once the playoffs start, you get your eight teams that are in, and then you take your scoring edges of those eight teams. And then you just drop off, each time I'm a, I'm a proponent of first place in the regular season, the president's cup winner getting some form of payout for the, the long sample size. It's interesting. You bring this up, David, they say football is a game of inches. And when you relate it to fantasy football too, and there was a matchup in a league yesterday that I'm in when Justin Herbert got stopped at the half yard line on that QB sneak and Austin Eckler punched it in that won her the game. And if Justin Herbert gets those six points instead of Eckler, she loses. Mm-hmm. And because of that half inch and you just think about every single play or, you know, plays that can add up where it's literally decided by an inch of that matchup or one play or another, it's, it's such a catch 22. You hate it when it happens against you, but when you love it, it's the most favorable thing in the world. It really is. Uh, I mean, in the same token, like, 
in our home league, I'm playing against one of our friends, Kevin, and I look at our box score and we're projected near the same to finish. And I leave, I leave, you know, at my, uh, our grandma's place, uh, with a man on man aside. And, uh, I see that, you know, it, it's going to be close. And then I get home and I see Greg Dulcich catches a touchdown, a meaningless touchdown and gets hurt after like very, and him catching that meaningless touchdown where I, I was like, there's no chance he's going to score because the Broncos at this point, they just run the clock out. Not only did he score a touchdown, but Matt Gay got another field goal, which was his kicker. Matt Gay finishes with 19 points. Unreal in that point in the playoffs to have a kicker get 19 points against his defense. And Greg Dulcich finished with like 13. And the, the two Matt Gay and Greg Dulcich pretty much went from his projection to being like around like 115 to shooting up to 130. And that just pretty much in my eyes, I was like, I'm done. Like there's no chance. And it's just, it's just interesting. Like sometimes it's just like when everything is going bad against your team, when you feel like their team is going off or you're destined to lose stuff like that happens. And it's just very hard to that's again, that's why fantasy is fun. But like the best team doesn't win enough. Like it does in baseball where it's like a week long or some people, again, they're like, some people were saying in the comments on Twitter, they were like, once you get to the semifinals, it should be, you know, the best, the top scorer after two weeks gets the championship. You know, there's so many different variations where if you have a fluke week, like, like this past week for many people that you don't get penalized for if you had season long success. The the thing about fantasy, you know, Shane Zilstra is the top scoring tight end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, someone like Jalen Hurts that rode you to the championship or, you know, to, to fantasy playoffs is now out. And, you know, it's, it's such a week-by-week week matchup. It's such a week-by-week week game. It's something, once again, we love, but we <laughs> hate. Uh, don't read the comment. Don't read the oh, comment. got to read the comments. I need help with my cheer. All right, go ahead, Porter. Didn't you win last year in that home week? He won too, like two years ago. The two, I know. I think Kevin and him won the last two. No, no, Bart yeah, won last they year. Do. Bart won last year. So these two of the last three are in the championship and they both don't deserve it. Me and you should be in there. Agreed. David, when talking about lucky, we'll transition to our wow moment. Yeah. Are the, are the Vikings having the luckiest season in NFL history? When you think about the games that they've won down 33, nothing at half against the Colts and won that the game against the bills where Josh Allen fumbles at the end in the end zone. Uh, Greg Joseph, who has been, Below average this year, at least every time I watch him, kicks a 61 yarder and they outscore the Vikings by six or the Giants by six in the final quarter. Against the Lions, they have a game winning drive. I think, I think I heard this from uh, Kyle Brandt that Kirk Cousins has the most fourth quarter comebacks of any QB throughout um, this point in the season in NFL history. I, I would ha- I have to double check that, but. Isn't that crazy? The season they're having. Well, their point differential is is ridiculous. I, I last time they were actually negative uh, until about a couple of weeks ago. Now they're back in the positive. They just win. They've been winning every close game, and yeah, I don't think we've seen a team ever do it the way they have, where they're undefeated in single score games this season. Like that normally doesn't happen, but sometimes it's just whether it's the coaching. You have obviously a little bit of luck going your way. And I don't know if that will carry into the playoffs. It's it's kind of funny because they have the second best record in the NFC, but many people probably consider them the fifth best team behind 
or fourth best team behind the Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Like, it really is. I think people can see that it's not something that you normally can bet on. So it'll be really interesting. I mean, the Vikings still have a chance to get the number one seed if they went out and the Eagles lose out. So they're going to be playing. And if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, it's no guarantee the Eagles can win out either. It really isn't. I mean, it, it, it can go to anyone right now. And the Eagles lost Lane Johnson also. Like they're They're really getting hurt at the wrong time. And, you know, just like we're talking about right now with fantasy, it's a best of one and not always the best team wins. It's the same thing in football, not mm-hmm. always the best team wins. And now only the top seed gets a bye. So that's yeah. really valuable. Very, very uh, different. Porter does add best flex option available this week. Pick one Dobbins versus Pitt, Singletary at Cincinnati, Thielen at Green Bay, Mostert at New England, Pickens at Baltimore, and Moss at the Giants. I'm going to eliminate Mostert right away. Did not look good last week. And with Teddy Bridgewater under center, the threat of the pass isn't going to be nearly as much. And also in New England where it's really cold and the Dolphins have struggled, I, I don't think I want anything to do with Mostert. Um, I would go Singletary. Singletary at this point of the season always seems – he just had a great week last week. Singletary towards the end of the season always comes on, and it's it's crazy. Um are you tempted at all with Dobbins though? Because Dobbins has been balling. I'm too. not. When's the last time the Ravens and Steelers played a high-scoring game? I have to look at their most recent head-to-head. Well, uh, talk up for a second while I pull that up. So, I, so, in my opinion, I mean Dobbins. It's still somewhat of a split backfield. Uh, Gus Edwards got a decent amount. I think 11 carries last week. George Pickens. I mean, do you trust Trubisk? And for me, I guess I'm just doing eliminating the others. Do you? Do you trust Kenny Pickett throwing him the ball? Zach Moss hasn't been efficient on the ground at all. And the Colts scored three points, so they didn't even get a touchdown yesterday. I would be a little bit tempted with Thielen at Green Bay, uh, with Jair Alexander if he does shadow Justin Jefferson. But TJ Hawkinson had 13 targets last week. Actually, no, 16. So he might be the, the number two option. Dalvin Cook is always a threat to get in the end zone. I think Singletary has the highest guaranteed volume out of all of them, and especially rolling in the finals. Yeah, and the last four meetings of the Steelers and Ravens, the highest point game in that has been 39, 20-19 Steelers. So four straight matchups, 39 or less combined points. So it's definitely been tighter recently. Singletary seems like a great play. That's probably where I would lean too. And then but Porter's a Steelers fan. He does like pickings. So if you want to go down swinging and saying it, you have your guy in the lineup. I understand wanting to go down with your guy with George Pickens. I think Doc and I um, are going to be on Team Devin Singletary. So that's that's where we're at. But appreciate you checking out the show, man. You're, you're obviously do your Porter's actually a really good fantasy player. Finishes pretty highly in our uh, league of record here. So um, yeah, I trust you'll make the right call at the end of the day, my man. Doc, though, let's because we didn't have a waiver wire show yesterday. Let's talk about some waiver wire pickups really quick. And I want you to tell me if they were a player you would actually consider starting or at this point in the year, they're not, it's not worth it. Even if like earlier on in the season, you would maybe pick them up as a, as a stash, the guys I'm going to read you, it's, I would start them in the championship or I would not. Okay. Okay. Johan Dotson of the Washington commanders who's had 15 catches for 235 yards and three touchdowns on 24 targets over his last three games. Would you start him in the fantasy championship? 
Who are they playing? They are playing. It's a very good question. Uh, let me pull schedule up schedule pulled up right here. I believe they are playing. They are playing Cleveland in uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would start them as a flex option. I, I think you can feel a little bit more confident than you did a couple weeks ago. Um, he's been getting a decent target share. I, I think the uncertainty is who plays quarterback. He, the offense looked a lot better under Taylor Heineke, but then Looks he like got against the 49ers. And now right now I'm hearing Wentz is, is right now where it was stand today. Yeah, it's a projected 40 and a half uh, over under, which is one of the lower ones we've seen. Uh, I think if you have better options, you take that. But I, I don't I don't hate Dodson. What about Romeo Dobbs, who right now he had basically six quarters where he's been healthy over his last two games. And Christian Watson suffered a hip injury against Miami, missed the entire second half, cost people a lot of money with their bets. But he was targeted six times in that game, which actually led the team once uh, Watson went out, 36 yards. But Aaron Rodgers is going against the Minnesota Vikings, who allowed the most receptions and receiving yards to opposing wideouts this year. Dobbs could be stepping into a really nice role here if Christian Watson doesn't play. I know you're not interested if, if Watson's in, but if Watson's out, would you start Dobbs this week? I wouldn't. Green Bay has been really run heavy in a lot of games. They've been utilizing Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Alan Lazard is still going to be the number one on that team. Aaron Rodgers has spread the ball around to throwing to tight ends. Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuerra. I don't think you can you can base and, – and the last time they played the Vikings, they scored seven points. So – I just don't think that you can do it based off the stat. I think you have to do what Romeo Dobbs has been. You'd start him if he was doing something like Dodson has been showing you, but I don't think you can do it based on the opposing defense. What about the New York Giants receiving duo of Isaiah Hodges and Richie James? Uh, they combined for 23 targets, 16 receptions, 179 yards, and a score. I think Isaiah Hodgins is the one I'm, I'm looking at. He has 31 targets over his past five games. And looks like he's more of the big play threat in terms of he's also getting a lot of touchdowns. They're going up against the Colts this week. Would you play Hodges or James? I would play Hodgins over James. Like you said, he's the deep threat. They play the Colts, who just gave up 20 points against the Chargers and honestly should have been more if Justin Herbert didn't have a couple turnovers. So, and for the Giants, it's a must win. You know, they want to get in the playoffs. I think the uh, they'll try and stop Saquon Barkley. And hopefully that means one on one and. With a deep threat like that, it just takes one play. What about touchdown machine Jawan Johnson, who has 10 run zone targets over his last 14 games? Seven of his 36 receptions this year have been touchdowns, and they're going against uh, Philly this week, which kind of in the middle of the pack against the tight end. But Jawan Johnson seems like as much a sure thing to get in the end zone. If you need a tight end this week, would you roll with Jawan Johnson? I wouldn't. His last four games, his targets, two, six, two, and four. And he has eight catches. Three of them have been touchdowns. I just don't think that's such a boom bust. I I can't do it. I mean, if you're swinging for the fences, sure. But the best case scenario, he gets, you know, like one catch for 11 yards and a touchdown. Or you get two touchdowns like he did a few weeks ago. He did, yeah. Four touchdown six, machine, seven. man. I, I like wanted to bet on that, but I didn't do it. I mean, are you start? I think it depends on what type of fantasy manager you are. Are you swinging for the fences and the high ceiling guys, 
or are you looking for, you know, and depending on how your roster constructed, are you looking for kind of more safe floor guys? I mean, what's safe floor guys at this point? If, if once you get past Kelsey and Hawkinson and Goddard, well for, the, well, for the rest of your team, if if you have like Hodgins and that's like, oh, that's the guy I'm going to roll the dice on, that's boom or bust. Or if you play Romeo Dobbs, well, let me ask you this: Would you rather play Mark Andrews or Jawan? Mark Andrews with Tyler Huntley or Jawan Johnson? I would play Mark Andrews. Would you rather play Dalton Schultz or Jawan Johnson? I'd rather play Dalton Schultz. And you've been seeing what they've been putting up recently, I would, right? I, I would take Jawan Johnson over Gerald Everett, though. What about, would you take Tyler Higby or Jawan Johnson? Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby's just coming off a two-touchdown game himself. Yeah, but I feel like it's, you can never expect it back-to-back. I like feel like he got the game out already. And and imagine if you said that after the first Jawan Johnson game. Yeah, but then he hasn't had two touchdowns. since He had twice this season. But that would they were very. I think it also apart. depends. His value is significantly lower in PPR. One uh, game with five plus catches this year. I think I'm if you're playing in half, if you're playing half or non PPR, I'm more okay starting him. But if you are playing in the PPR league, I would not. Jarvis Landry on IR, baby. I'm Jawan Johnson this week. You're not Jawan Johnson. I'm Team Jawan you wanna, Johnson. You want to? Hey, hey, betting God. You want to make a bet on Jawan Johnson getting a touchdown this week? I'll give I mean, you odds. Not, I'm not going to bet anything because it's there's a lot better odds he doesn't score. That's why I said I'll give you the odds. How are you going to give me the odds? We can talk about it off camera, but I mean, if we're making a bet on the show, then they have to know what the odds are. Okay. Um. If Jawan Johnson scores a touchdown, I'll pay you eight dollars. And if he doesn't, you pay me five. No, that's not that's not even close to being worth it. Okay. Well, I I tried. It will just be a friendly bet. I think Jawan Johnson gets in the end zone this week. David's will, so confident in Jawan Johnson. I will probably throw some money on it. Eight dollars. I will probably throw some money. I'll probably throw throws some money twenty-five on, it. on on various bets. <laughs> I'm glad Porter agrees with me. That's terrible. Yeah, it literally is like if you're trying to make it so it's an even bet for both of us, it's not. I'm all, I'm all ears if you if you it, want to counter. To be, it would be like you pay me ten and I pay you like two fifty. It would be like where you basically get a a quarter, or like Porter's at eight to one. So I said right. 10, 10 to two fifty. But I, yeah. I don't I don't really want a dollar if I win. All right, so just just for record. Um, I want to pull this up here. So the Eagles versus the tight end. This is getting to a fun conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Eagles versus the tight end this year. Uh, They have given up a total of three touchdowns against the tight end. No touchdowns against the tight end since week nine. And not giving up more than receptions in a game to the tight end since week 13. It's been really three straight games of four receptions on five targets. So they have definitely been a tougher defense against that position. But you know what? I just think it's time. They're over. They're due. Well, now Juwan since Johnson, we're talking baby, about it, it well, now that we're talking about it, Jawan Johnson played on 27 snaps on Sunday, which was 50%. Um, Adam Troutman, backup tight end, played 40 snaps, which was 74%. So he's not that even that getting the most snaps. That happened earlier this season, too. That happened earlier this season, too. I'm not worried about it. Who who would have thought that Jawan Johnson would be what we talk about most on this show? <laughs> He's a touchdown machine. He deserves to be talked about. What about Tyler Algier, who has looked like a beast over the last few weeks? 
outtouched Cordero Patterson 22 to nine and outgamed him by 86 yards. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry this season. And he's caught 15 of his 16 targets going against an Arizona defense. That's actually been giving up a lot of points to the running back. I'll pull up those exactly in a second, but they just allow Latavius Murray and Pierre strong to destroy them. Uh, are you starting Tyler Algier? Cause I think I might. I am 22 touches last game, 18 the game before that. He's had double digit carries the last four weeks. And this is with Cordero Patterson back in the picture and being in the local local uh, channel watching the Ravens Falcons game. He had some really great moves. He had a hurdle, um, made a lot of defenders miss on certain plays. He just looks the part. And we talk about rookies that make impacts later in the season. Christian Watson, James Cook. Tyler Algier, these guys have young, fresh legs. You know, Algier was a healthy and active week one, you know, 10 carries, then six. He's really getting the bulk of the work. So I feel confident starting him. I'd say he's an RB2. Low-end RB2, just for reference for how bad the Buccaneers have been recently uh, against running backs. Over their last three games, 16 carries for 104 yards, two rushing touchdowns. I don't Patriots. know why the Bucks are relevant in this. They're playing the Cardinals. No, I'm saying the page. I'm sorry, the Patriots. Patriots running backs versus the Cardinals in Week 14. 16 carries for 104 yards, two touchdowns. The Broncos running backs versus the Cardinals. 31 carries for 169 yards, two touchdowns. This last week against Tampa Bay, 28 carries for 114 yards and a receiving touchdown. They've literally the last three weeks been destroyed by running backs. So I would expect to keep that going against the Atlanta Falcons. Dude, let me ask you one on a confidence meter. How confident would you feel starting cam acres? I mean, it would depend what else I have, but like probably like a six. That's crazy. When, after we saw week one and him demanding a trade that now he scores three touchdowns. It's pretty wild. Uh, Zach Moss interests you had no. Dominated nope. snaps and touches this nope. past week. Nope. Looks like the guy there. Nope. Going against the Giants. Yeah, I don't really want him either. Chuba Hubbard, who um, averaged 13.7 touches over the last few games, 77 scrimmage yards over his last three, and, and had 12 carries for 125 yards against Detroit. Uh, I think he is a flex option. Um, I'm Somebody that I'm playing might play him in the championship, and I'm a little bit worried. It, the one-two punch between him and Foreman really seemed to work. I think, obviously, the Panthers don't have as much faith in Darnold because if they did, they wouldn't have traded for Mayfield to begin the season. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're just really kind of going with the the ground game. They still have a chance to make the playoffs, and I think there is less of a chance that they turn the ball over. I mean, the over-under for the game is 39. Tampa Bay's only favored by three at home. So – I think their run defense is legit, though. I'm scared of their run defense. James Conner just shred him up. Yeah, but I, I don't feel – I'm not starting any Panthers running back personally in the championship. Um, let's talk about quarterbacks real quick. Brock Purdy, your guy, you starting him? Uh, I can't imagine a situation where you would start Brock Purdy. You're going, like, going against the Raiders. Literally one of the worst matchups for or best matchups for quarterbacks. He's still a game manager. Love him. Love what he's been doing, but I don't feel comfortable starting him. So, Doc, next year, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy in that order for the 49ers quarterbacks. Garoppolo is not there. Oh, yeah. I Can we say now that Jimmy G is a system quarterback and 
He's been the win loss record is completely flawed now that Brock Purdy's undefeated, literally being Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, tell you, Brock Purdy's going to make himself some money. In a perfect world, Trey Lance is our starter. Brock Purdy's our backup. Or and I heard someone, I forgot where I heard it. They said, have Zach Wilson go there for like a sixth round pick and have him as your third stringer. And then just have him just work in the system for as long as he needs. And then you can develop him if, you know, if you need him down the road that, that you could pretty much get him now. And, and it wouldn't be no pressure on him. He could learn from one of the best in the game and maybe salvage his career. Would you, would you do it for a six round pick? I would do it. I feel like a team would trade for Zach Wilson to be their backup and just groom him like that. But I could be wrong. Mike White against the Jets. I'm sorry, against the uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks this week. No, I know that he finally got medically cleared with three fractured ribs. It's going to be a pain tolerance. He maybe not, might not have the arm strength to throw the ball as deep as it was before. Um, and maybe just one hit that he takes the wrong way and they put in Joe Flacco. I can't do it. I need he's players average, fully healthy. He's top 300 passing yards in uh, three of his six games he started, averaging uh, the Seahawks are giving up 7.4 yards per attempt, which is one of the worst in football. I'm not opposed to starting Mike White if you need a quarterback. I think he could be a sneaky good play. Geno Smith, assuming Tyler Lockett is out this week facing the Jets. No, no. Not playing. Gino's kind of fallen flat on his face recently. It's definitely not the same team it was a few weeks ago. So I'm not starting Gino. Um, some defenses you can pick up Jacksonville going against Houston. So that speaks for itself. The Giants are going against the Colts with Nick Foles, who just threw three picks and had seven sacks. The Giants might be one of the better plays this week. Uh, they might be my top pickup as a defense, to be honest with you. Agreed. All right. Anything else, Doc? That's pretty much all like the relevant pickups. I guess we won't really get into betting this week because at this point, I think people want advice for their fantasy championships. If you are looking for betting, though, make sure you either DM the account at Trip Play Fantasy or me at Dmendio too, and we'll make we'll do a maybe a little betting show sometime this week. We can uh, fire up some some bets or something. Just like follow that. David on Twitter. He's been <laughs> hot recently. I'm just mad I haven't thrown more money on it. How much is Kevin really throwing a hundred dollars on all? Of yeah, the so uh, a friend of ours has been. Well, that's a uh, that's a unit for him. He throws a hundred on every single bet. So you've been making him a lot of money. How long has he been doing it on my my smash the over props? Uh, probably since the one of the beginning ones. I mean, he uh, he he's he's not afraid to, to throw hundreds like it's nothing. Do I get do I get to see like any percent of that money? <laughs> No, I made him 450 in a night uh, live betting in the Orioles game, and I didn't see a single dime of it. So uh, maybe like a nice like take me out to dinner or something. Like yeah, I even su- I even suggested that too. Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just fun betting that makes the things a little interesting, especially if you're out. Like I'm out of all my fantasy leagues now. The only one that is still going is the XFT league that Scott Fish and Des Bryant run, and I still have a shot to win that league. Uh, I have to win out over the last two weeks, and then the other guy that's ahead of me needs to lose both his games because he's one game ahead of me um, and has a couple more points scored. So that's the only chance league I still have a chance of winning something at this point. But yeah, that's why betting all in right now, hoping to make some money this week should be good. Doc, anything else to say to the people before we get out of here? No, good luck in the finals. Good luck in the finals. If you guys need any last-minute starts to decisions, you can 
hit up Doc at Triple A Fantasy. Hit me up at DMendio2. I'll be putting out a start sit thread, I'm sure, a couple days this week to answer some questions. But Doc's very knowledgeable too. So make sure you guys message him as well. Good luck in the fantasy finals for Doc, for DMendy. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. See y'all next week.